brothers and sisters, it's time for Angel Repair Juice. Welcome to another, in, in as many weeks, to the second edition, the second returning edition of Angel Repair Jews. My name's Henry Vole. My name's Matthew Pancake, and you're listening to a program that's been missing in action for a number of weeks, but we've actually managed to pump two of them out in inside of two weeks, which is the way we've been trying to do it for a long time. Technically, episode 34 something, I think we've lost count. I can't count to 34. Can you? Uh, you mean like in the same way Gabe Newell can't count to three? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, two. Well, now there's been three sequels. Portal 2. There's been, well, was there, was it three or was there two? Now, see, now we're getting into esoteric stuff that people don't understand. We're talking about uh, Half-Life. Because there was Half-Life, there was Half-Life 2, and there was Half-Life 2, Episode 1, Half-Life 2, Episode 2. They never made Half-Life. it to 3. But here's the interesting part. They never made it to 3 on that one either. No. They never made it to episode Half-Life 2, Episode 3. <laughs> Let alone Half-Life 3. Dave Newell just doesn't like 3s, man. I, I'm, I'm assuming. Maybe they're all too old to make games now. Maybe that's what it is. I think he'd rather just, you know, raking all that Steam money... You know, you know what I would love to have is a uh, Steam box. That's got to be an amazing console. You know, I mean, I've I've thought about that, but the interesting part is, is you can get the software. You know, just for a computer. Yeah, and put it on. I wonder. Put that. it on your own box. Yeah, that's, that's See the 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 um, the um, the controllers. They have a special Steam controller. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, you look it up. Is it a Steam controller? That you can get separate from the thing, and it's USB, so you could plug it into any anything that has USB plugs. Oh, so you could you could actually build your own Steam box and put the Steam software on it, and if you oh, wanted to make yeah. it as overpowered as you wanted to, <laughs> you could go Which, to town on that. A lot of those guys probably would just because you know some people already are because yeah. th- that's the thing about Steam. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know what that is, that's um, it's a it actually predates everything that Sony and Microsoft have ever done as far as as far as um, having a store. I first had to have Steam on it whenever I got Half-Life 2 back in 2003. So I bought that in 2003, and you had to have Steam. And I was ticked off. that. The, what do you mean I have to have Steam? Years later, I'm glad because yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, what, 2006... And we they were getting ready to release Half Life Two Episode One, and it had already I'd already pre ordered it, and it was already long before the game was available. It was already downloading to my computer. Oh really? Updates oh, wow. and stuff like that. And then I got up that day. I was I was going to have to go to work. I knew that, but I heard a ding on my computer and it says Half Life Half Life Two Episode One is available. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, I got down and I and I started it and i was like look at this day one it's already on my computer i was converted forever after that it ruined me on consoles because consoles was still about you know go get go get discs i haven't bought a disc in years (laughs) most of you know 
because most of the games, most of the games are available on there. Most of the games mm -hmm. that people care about, they're they're, oh, yeah. they're on Steam. So, and a lot of those games will they they will adjust themselves to your hardware. So, you know, if you if you're using underpowered hardware, you can still play a game. You can still play their games. Mm. There, there's a few that they tell you, yeah, I don't even try. But you know, most of them they'll they'll play. You know, so if you bought a new computer, oh, now here's the best part though. This is this. You know how once in a while you hear him talk about backwards compatibility on the PlayStation Four or on the Xbox oh, yeah, One. Yeah. yeah. Backwards compatibility, my foot. I I buy a new computer, right? I I mm. download the latest version of Steam, log in, and it says, "Do you want to download your games?" And I say, "Sure, I'll download my games." And I walk away, and about. An hour and a half later, it goes, ding, your games are now available to be played. All the games that was on the old computer are back, yeah. along with all of my saves and all of all of the other information that goes with it. All of it's already on that computer. You know, Sm Nintendo has something like that now, smooth though. Smooth as, well, I know they do now, but this was back when I, I bought this computer in 2010. Oh, oh okay, gotcha. <laughs> I thought you were, yeah, yeah. In 2010, I was like, and I'd, I'd, I'd actually already done that once before. I've that laptop that I got over there that I bought in 2008. I, I that was the first time I experienced that. I wanted to play oh, Half-Life okay. 2 on it and and I was like I wonder if it'll play Half-Life 2 because as who knows, you know, it's a laptop. They're yeah. not usually oh. very powerful, right? No, I can play Half-Life 2 on that <laughs> laptop as it turns out. But it went ahead and downloaded all my games and bing, there they are. Oh sweet. Just I mean, you know, it's it's easy. Here's another thing that it sounds like we're Welcome to the show all about Steam today, yeah, guys. Yeah, Angel Repair Steam. Angel <laughs> Repair Steam. But here's the thing that it does for you that's real important, That's that I love. If yeah. Whenever you need to update the graphic drivers on any computer, I don't care what it is, there is a function built into Steam now where you just you, you click it and it says update drivers now. It starts updating your drivers, oh, wow. and, then, and then it tells you. <laughs> then it tells you. Nice. Anybody that's ever tried to do driver updates. Oh, it's a pain. Oh, it's a pain. Oh, oh it's it is it is. It is oh, a serious, I, and it's and it's one of those those nerve nervous pains. Oh, I know? gotta take that back. It's it's a pain on Windows, but if you have, um, say, like Linux Mint or Ubuntu, yeah, it's a, it's a dream. Well, that's uh, what it's like. As a matter of fact, it's very similar. You you yeah. you just have Steam open and you select the thing. And on Windows now, get this: on Windows, it does this whole thing in the background and says, "Steam is now ready to restart your computer." And blah blah blah. You restart one time, comes up, graphic drivers are done. You're finished. Oh wow! You're done. Yeah, that's that's a good deal. <laughs> that that is. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's worth it just for that. Trust me. Anybody that's ever ever gone through, I mean, that is a stomach churning thing to have to do on Windows because it's just, you know, for one, you uninstall the drivers, right, and then you restart, and then it comes up with the screen all screwed up, right, mm -hmm. and then it says now you got to find the the driver package, double click it, go through all of that trouble to do it, and then do your restart and hope that it all comes back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I've never had trouble using Steam's thing. Never once. It's always worked. It's always worked like it's supposed to. While we're talking about video games, this is kind of old news. 
but I feel like I have to plug it. As a, over the weekend, I got the um, Pokemon Blue download from the Nintendo Store for the DS. Yeah, and if if you at, at any point in your childhood played the the Gen One Pokemon games, you just need to go in and download these. It's, it's like a ten buck download. Um, and what's great is I got a. You have to have an SD card in your DS to to download uh, anything from the Nintendo Store. So I got like a 32 gig uh, SD card, and you can put so many games on that. But uh, it's so worth downloading. Just just go and do it and relive your childhood and bask in the glory uh, of the best Pokemon games ever made. Um, so they didn't like mess with them. They're actually oh. the the real ones. Yeah, they're, they're the real ones. They just, uh, uh, as far as I know, they haven't changed anything. So, Well, sometimes what it means is it's it's funny because they'll say, you know, we updated the graphics or some stuff like that. But there are some things you just don't want updated. You just want it left alone. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks really clean. Cause, I mean, I'm sure there was some kind of conversion to where they, you know. Well, you can upconvert them. Yeah. You know, so yeah. That they'll look old, because, you know, it's a it's a bigger screen. It's a better screen. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's higher definition yeah and, so, i mean you can up convert them but the, the idea is though is it still looks the same right oh, oh yeah it looks exactly the same okay it's, that's it's, the important part glorious it's uh you just need to go download them and i mean they got so many great old games like i have uh i downloaded legend of zelda uh, that Link's would be the reason why i would want those is because of the because of the uh you know the store that you can go in and get these yeah. these games that you used to play now I know you can get online and find the, you know, the pirated ones, but yeah, <laughs> but that's not the same because there's there's that whole connection with going to the video store. I don't know, Henry, you're not probably old enough to really remember this, but we had a video store that had a section with video games. Oh yeah, when I was oh, younger, yeah. so you so, go, yeah, definitely. so you go in and there was always money attached, so. You know, when there's not money attached, it just doesn't feel right. It's, it's, no. I know that sounds funny, but I'm not the only one that said that. You know, this like it, it, it just it, doesn't feel right. You know, just no, it, it doesn't. And, and two, I mean, these downloads are cheap enough, ten bucks. I mean, depending on you, know, like I paid fifteen for my SD card just because I didn't want to get it cheaper online. I just went to Walmart, but um, you know, some of the games are like five bucks. You know, yeah, you can shell out five bucks for. You know, to relive your childhood. And, and, of course, I still buy cartridge games, too. Like, I'll go to GameStop. I uh, recently bought some Shin Megami Tensei games. What the do DS. they have for Mario on there? Do they have much in the way of... They they do. I, I mean, and the nice thing about, too, the Nintendo stores, you can buy the new games on the eStore as well. Uh, yeah, you, instead you of buying the be, cartridges? Yeah, yeah. Like you you yeah. don't have to buy the cartridges. Um, you can you know, just download them. Which is, well, that has some that has some nostalgia factor to it, you know, having the cartridges and so forth. But it, it I'm in 2016, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, basically, I want to be able to put these things on OneDrive so that they never go away forever, you know. Well, I mean, I, you, I you didn't catch the irony there, did you? Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just, I'll upload my Nintendo games to Microsoft's OneDrive and keep them there. <laughs> Uh, but, but see, it's like Steam. I mean, the nice thing is they, they do remember that, that you purchase the game and you can uh, re-download it as yeah. long as it's connected to your account. So, yeah. um, of course, I you know, probably wouldn't save your, your progresses or anything, but 
know, I don't know why it wouldn't. I mean, it, it, that's one of the things that Steam does as well, is it saves all of that. Well, so it saves. They, they have like the, this this Steam Cloud thing where everything goes up in there and stays. Yeah, it's a, Nintendo doesn't have a cloud, I don't think, because because you do have to download it to that SD card, and that's what stores the, the data for the game. Well, you still with Steam, you're still downloading the game. It installs on your computer, but any save information, it's not necessary. I mean, it's saved on your computer, but it's also backed up in whatever their cloud thing is. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't imagine that Nintendo wouldn't have that now. But I, it, I don't know how to. Who knows? You, to, uh, look into it. Report back. Yeah. You come back next week. You tell us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the nice thing is, is that um, the guy was telling me at GameStop that if you. He said it was like five bucks. I, I don't even remember what this thing is called, man. But um, I think it's called like the Pokebank or something. But it lets you transfer your, your Pokemon from the Gen 1 games to the new Sun and Moon that's coming out. Yeah. And so if, you know, if that would be your kind of thing, um, doesn't really appeal to me because I probably won't play those games. But uh, but for the people who are into it, you know, that, that may be a, a uh, be of interest. Well, so. I'll, I'll have to look at it because I haven't I haven't actually bought a console like that in years. Yeah, it's still called a console, even if it is a DS. Yeah, I, well, you know, you know, it was interesting because uh, I got talking to the guy about E3, and of course, Nintendo that they're, they're uh, getting ready to unleash uh, release this NX. Now you said unleash. Um, yeah, unleash. <laughs> it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> unleash the NX. But um, yeah, this is their big their big uh, unveiling for this year's E3, and it, it looks similar to the EU in that you have a controller with it with its own video screen that can connect to a uh, it's like a TV or something. So they're not sure whether it'll just be a handheld, which in that case it's really going to hurt the DS cells and. DS is a good system, um, unless it's a larger system. Yeah, th- think of the <laughs> yeah, think of the like that old the the Wii U's big thing. Yeah, know, yeah. As compared to the DS. Yeah, yeah. I call it a thing because when I saw that thing, I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> so I mean, what I told the guys is that if this is their new handheld, what what I'd hope is that they would make it compatible with the DS in addition to like whatever these really high quality games that are coming out uh, are. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting uh, to see what they do at E3 this year. Okay. So why don't we do some contact info and yeah, then, gonna, and then yeah, tell everybody yeah. what it is that we actually started recording a show for today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So if you'd like to get in contact with us, there's a multitude of ways you can do that. The first being you can email us at, Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail.com. PC stands for podcast. That's Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, and you can also join our Facebook group. And that's a little nerdy haven of awesomeness where we talk about anime and all sorts of nerd related things. Um, then you can follow us on Twitter at uh, ARJ Podcast. And. Uh, you can get on our website at www.angelrepairjuice.wordpress.com. Uh, that's where we send all the um, 
new podcast information. There's a couple old blog posts on there. Uh, follow us on – subscribe to us, rather, on iTunes. Like and rate the podcast. Um, the more likes and the more ratings that we get and reviews, uh, that pushes us up in the podcast ranks, and it helps to grow the ARJ community. So if you support what we're doing here, just – I mean, it doesn't even have to be long. Just give us a nice little review, and uh, we ought to appreciate focus. it. We ought to focus more on that page because have you seen how it's popping up? It says we get likes, we get likes, we get likes, and it's on like, on iTunes on the no on the on the Facebook um, Angel Repairs oh. page, not the yeah, not the yeah. group, the page. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see a little bit of that. We yeah. ought to at least take like the best stuff from the group, you know, because it, it's not going to mm. take any of the conversations, but the links mm. and drop mm-hmm. those in there too. So that people can see that, you know, we're sane people. Unlike some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today, yeah. which you yeah. have on the in the lineup here, uh, more Chairman, Chairman Trump stuff. Chairman Trump, yeah. And we're going to take talk about weeaboos. We Is that how that's pronounced? Weeaboos. Weeaboos. Yeah. Okay, weeaboos. And their search for meaning and things like that. And then afterwards, um, I'm going to talk about Girls and Panzer, which before too much longer, the movie is going to be available here in the United States. And that's been released twice in Japan in five months and has made a ton of money. And I'm going to try to explain why people care. So (laughs) you should care because it's actually it's actually it's it's cool on a lot of different levels. Maybe one of the reasons why people think that it's it's great is because people who just like it just because it's a bunch of girls driving tanks can sit alongside people who go, oh, I see why it is that they constructed the story the way they did. It's a lot of cool stuff in there. So. Girls and Ponzi. Huh? Let me tell you, Matthew. I care. I care so much. No one cares more than he me. He cares. Listen, listen. I'm going to get these girls and their and their tanks, and we're going to build a wall. It's going to be magnificent. <laughs> then they're going to get all the Mexican man, tanks. And they're going to man the, the wall. Mexican tanks, put them over the border. Because we got to get them out of here. Okay? I'm telling you. <laughs> we, we can't lose any more tanks to the Mexicans. we got to get them out of here. we got to build the wall. Get them out of here. And that's all because using the Chairman Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chairman Trump. <laughs> okay, so how do you want to do this? Uh, I mean, you gave me some clips, right? Yeah, yeah. We actually have some audio for you all today. Um, a nice little switch up. Uh, next week, I'll probably be back with just readings. But, you know, anytime we can get the listeners' audio, uh, it's more beneficial. So you want to cue the uh, Chairman Trump music there, Matthew? Ch- Chairman Trump music? Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought we had music. No. Or, no, we didn't. Oh. Well, I can add it in afterwards. It, oh, it'll, okay, okay. Right here is where the music goes. Yep, yep, right here. So I'm just going to go ahead and drop it there. And I'll even leave the noise in over top. Okay, so I got two clips here. What should I do, flip a coin? Yes, flip a coin. Flip a coin. Okay, then I'm going to drop in, I think, this one. I love the Bible. I've read the whole book. I love the Bible. Great <laughs> book. Incredible book. I love Corinthians. I love both of them. I think they're incredible. <laughs> I love their leather. I love their leather. And I'll say this. I really do. I love it. And I'll say the book of Job. Incredible book. Incredible book. It's Jobs is in the Bible. Jobs is in the Bible. If our president wasn't reading the Quran, maybe he'd know that. But here's the point. Very important. Very important. Jesus, most boring part of the book. Are you kidding me? He's a very boring guy. They should have chopped him up into pieces. They should have chopped him up. Why did they crucify him? He came back like Voltron. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I would be a way better Jesus. Way better Jesus. 
Oh, man. <laughs> I love but that. That was nowhere near as good as the other one. When are we going to do that one? Uh, let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and uh, play it, then we'll just talk about it. Just go ahead and drop that one in right now? Yeah, go ahead and drop it in First off, I'll say something very, very important about ghosts, okay? They wear white sheets. They wear white sheets. We don't know what's underneath them. We All don't right. know what's underneath them, much like a great company that supports me, an incredible energy company that supports me called Triple K. Incredible energy company. There's this British guy. He's a duke. His name is David. And he tells me about this new, this incredible new alternate energy called White Power. Unbelievable. And apparently, apparently, White Power has been running this country for 350 years. I have no idea. <laughs> okay and here's the thing is the reason that's funny is not because supposedly donald trump's racist it's because it plays off of he's so stupid that he has because remember the clip whenever they're saying are you going to renounce them he goes what group I, I don't know a group i can't denounce them unless i know who they are yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the kkk guy yeah <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. I mean, I, this ear per, this Great earpiece wasn't was working, and it was eight o'clock in the morning. You know, that was his excuse. <laughs> when the fact is, is, he was just doing that in order to be in the news. So that's, well, he, he so, wants their vote too. Oh, sure. Well, he might, but but it, it was at that point. It's really about being in the news. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, that's oh. what really counts. It's not no nobody's nobody's counting votes yet. He just wants to be in the news. So that's that's his main reason for doing that. But. So, what do you got going with it? I mean, you really love this whole Chairman Trump thing. Oh, it's hilarious. It's, hoot. it's a hoot. And, and, I, and I feel the listeners need to know, Matthew, that if you haven't figured it out yet, these are not actual clips of Trump that we've played for you today. These I don't are, know. Who, whoever that guy is, he's good. They've, uh, yeah, it's from these mock he's debates right. with him and Bernie Sanders. Oh, it's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. There's a clip from yeah. Bernie Sanders when you want to bring yeah. that one in. Yeah, yeah, go, go ahead and play it. I, I love this clip so <laughs> bring much. Because this one was pretty good, too. So here's so here's a clip of I guess, is it the same guy? No, they're they're two different actors. They, you know, it's, it's almost like a like a show. I think they go different places. I don't know if they tour or not, but they go and they put on these mock debates. And, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. That's what this is from. Okay, so here's here's the one doing Bernie Saunders. I am not particularly religious. However, I do have a Holy Spirit like effect on Vermonters and Vermont like people. Wherever two or more Birkenstocks are gathered, I am in their midst. <laughs> See, this is the real reason why you don't want Hillary as the candidate. You want it to be Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. if because if we gotta watch if we have to watch the nation come to an end, it's it might as well be entertaining. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which brings us to another point. That you have in there before you get too much further. Well, no, wait a minute. Are, am I jumping the gun on that? No, no, go ahead. No, the, go ahead. That, that was the perfect the segue there. Okay, the, the dollar, because well, uh, I saw this all over YouTube this morning. I don't know why. It says the dollar will collapse on May. Now, you, you didn't do this right. May 28, 2016. Mm. That's the date. It is, it is the secular end times is what it is because the dollar will collapse. No one can point to any like real evidence or anybody actually saying that, but for some reason there's all these videos and all these websites and all these blog posts and all of these Facebook posts and Twitter things about May 28, 2016, the dollar will collapse. Putin says it will collapse, although he's never actually said it. 
Trump has said it. Uh, what was the one guy? Um, the one, oh, I can't remember his name now. Because I can't stand these people. Um, oh, I'll remember it later. There's this big long list. And, and you say that that was perfect because that's, that is you, Henry. That because of the topic of, I'm guessing that it's about the topic of seeking meaning. And in yeah. a way, I guess these people that are doing this sort of dollar collapse thing, May 28, 2016, it, it gives their life meaning. Even if, um, it, even if it never comes true. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's like like every other niche. You have these people who are like conspiracy theorists, and that's kind of what they set out to do. And they have all these concocted ideas about the end of the world and you know political espionage and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, <laughs> when you were talking about that, my first thought was, well, I wonder they have. Or iconography in their Twitter profiles. <laughs> no, it would be a gold bar because it seems to me yeah. like the whole thing is a scam. It's because every one of the videos ends with you need to buy gold and silver now, right now. You need to buy it now because, you know, this is a good way to drive up the cost of, of you know, gold and silver. Because, by the way, me, Mr. Video YouTube Maker, I bought this stuff months ago when it was really low. Now I'm going to put out these videos says the dollar is going to collapse on May 28th so that you'll buy, the price will spike, I can sell and laugh at you the whole way. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, and we talked about this earlier, it's not unlike the TBN scams, let's say like Jim Baker where he's got the the end time (laughs) prepper food and it's, for, for a love gift, a very pricey love gift, it can of be $100, yours. Your, your seed money, love gift, $100, and we'll send you this $2 bucket of food. Yeah, like, like <laughs> dehydrated oats or something, you know? Yeah, it was, it was all, sorts of, like, it was all sorts of like coming. field stuff, you know, like if you were going to go camping, freeze, yeah, yeah. freeze-dried stuff, you add water to it, and it turns, you know, this mush turns into peas or something, and it's... It's not, and then it's not it comes even, down to he was selling those for $100 a bucket. Yeah. 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 It was like ridiculous, like what he was charging. And, you know, I'm sure he had people buying because it's, you have people. Well, see, this is this, ramen this noodles was the caveat. Um, you know, I, I said previously in our discussion that, you know, I, I, can, I agree with Marx that the religion is the opiate. Or the opium of the people, and sometimes I just wish that religion would just go away, because you look at all of the, just all of the the craziness that the people do, and the, you know the, how they manipulate people yeah. based on their on their religious preferences and, and, then, and beliefs, and, and then secularism and they, they, decides to get in on it, and you go, oh. yeah, yeah, it's just like. <laughs> It's just like, well, you know, then it's like stuff like this. It, it kind of reminds you that, well, you know, religion's not the problem. Shysters are going to shyst. Uh, religion's just a, a vehicle that, that makes it really easy to do. But um, and and so I don't even remember how that how that caveated into my thing about the weeaboos, man, or the weeaboos. Well, it's um, just about it's. See, there's. I'm. I am certain that it's all tied into the same thing. You were too earlier. It's just that. Yeah, you're, you're lost now. The uh, whole the yeah. whole idea of in this age, people are desperate for meaning. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't have, if your religion isn't about God, your religion is of the state. And the state is the one that's in control of the dollar and, and, and all of this stuff. And you need to buy gold now. You need to, because, you know, it's, you wouldn't want your life going away. Like all of these videos say, your life changes that day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what's going to happen. We're all going to. Oh, by the way, everybody, the twenty eighth is on a Saturday, when all the markets are closed. So, unless unless it's supposed to actually happen on a Monday. Um. Yeah, it's, it's that it's that it's that weird eschatological delay that, that always seems to happen. Well, they need to recalculate the feast days. Yeah, well, that's where they went wrong. See, these secularists—they don't know what they're doing. They is that didn't what it even is? Consider the feast days. Yeah, they're trying to predict the end without God's help. Well, they didn't pay attention to the Corinthians. You know, both of them. Yeah, yeah, both of them. <laughs> Listen, these two Corinthians walked into a bar and they had something very important to say, and no one listened. <laughs> and so if about- the president would just put down the Quran, he'd know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if he just read Jobs. Yeah, the book of Jobs. The book of Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but anyways, yeah, after the last podcast, we, we uh, had this long discussion about uh, how we live in this age of anxiety and, and, and people are looking for meaning and, and they're trying to find their identities, etc. If you haven't listened to it, uh, go go back and listen to it. It's it's pretty interesting discussion. I felt, but um, Monday after we had recorded, I, I was uh, thinking about weeaboos uh, because <laughs> if and if you don't, if you have no idea what a weeaboo is, you're like scratching your head like what's what's a weeaboo? I'll explain. But it, but if you spend any time on any anime pages or, or groups on Facebook. Uh, Weeaboos are, are the constant butt of the joke because no one likes them. There's all kind of memes uh, talking about weeaboos. So uh, uh, to key everyone in, uh, weeaboo uh, is a person who really likes anime, who is about the anime life. They're very otaku. But unlike the, let's say, the anime fan who has a, an appreciation for aspects of Japanese culture or Japanese animation, the, the weeaboos take this to an, ex, like an extreme, and it goes beyond mere appreciation, but it kind of becomes like this... Uh, see, now I'm going to forget the term. It's cultural appropriation, basically. And they renounce their American identity, Ooh. and they, they try to become Japanese. It's Japanese blackface? Well, that's pretty much if they what could it paint, is. If they could paint their faces yellow? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It's kind of like a Japanese cultural blackface, and that year they try to speak Japanese, and they, they learn a lot of their... Uh, and, of course, I mean... These are stereotypes, but they're also kind of, I think, observances or observations of, of people who are weeaboos. You know, they, they, they gain most of their information about uh, Japanese culture through anime. They learn most of their Japanese through anime. Um, and they, they think that Japan is superior to all other nations. 
and they they try to live like they're Japanese. So maybe they'll like eat Japanese food like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, per the stereotypes, they usually have like the you know, the Japanese hug pillows with with the anime girls on them, and they'll have anime stuff plastered all over the rooms. You know, they collect swords and. They're just very annoying, but but beyond the obsession, you know, it, it's very clear that, that they don't know what they're talking about, and it's very clear that they're not Japanese, and so they're very offensive. Uh, and so I think there's a couple of different ways you could you can kind of analyze these people or this phenomenon. But one thing I found that was very uh, that was very interesting was if you get on YouTube, you can watch videos of Japanese people. Reacting to to watching videos of weeaboos, basically, and so the the one that that I had watched was um, this guy who was Japanese and just like went to some city in Japan and and was showing people this this compilation of different weeaboo stuff, you know, like the people post their weeabooness on social media or okay, on YouTube. I, and, I I have to stop you here because probably like. I'm probably like most of our audience. We can't get past the fact that these people make videos of themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you if you go on to YouTube or just do a Google search for weeaboos, you can see actual pictures and videos of these people. And it's just like, like, what are you thinking? Like, like, why would you would you broadcast this? It's this is uh, crazy. It, it, it why is. are you talking? I want to do this now. Um, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm sure you'll be shocked uh, at what you see. But so, anyways, uh, this guy is just showing these native Japanese people uh, this video, and it was Curious. very. I, I don't mean to stop you again. Yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. But go do ahead. they do they call themselves weeaboos? No, no, because weeaboo is a, is a is a pejorative. It's oh, it's, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just it, wanted to make sure before you know because I'm sure it's going to be like a a mix of weird. So, no, no, yeah, they they would never call themselves weeaboo. They they would maybe they would probably call themselves otaku, um, which which is true because it was very interesting in the video uh, that I had watched. The Japanese people are commenting on these people, and they're like, "Oh, they're otaku." Like, I have friends like this. You know, they're, they're obsessed with anime, and they have the, and they have all these kind of weird mannerisms that they've taken from anime. Um. And so, you know, the, the Japanese people were probably more amused by it um, than they were offended. But then again, this is a, they're just like watching videos of these people being silly. So what, what I found uh, to be very interesting was that the Japanese people interviewed in this video uh, actually felt kind of, Positively uh, about these people, you know, they said, "Well, they're, they're bringing attention to aspects of Japanese culture." Sure, they're probably misrepresenting misrepresenting it, but I'm glad they they enjoy this part of our culture and they're interested and and they're learning. Well, but, I can add uh, something to that real quick. Um, yeah, some yeah, stuff ahead. that people might not have known. After the war, um, one of the ways that Japan sort of got on its feet was through toys. Um, what they did was they used whatever they had, which was basically metal and iron and stuff like that left over from the war, whether they were bombed or whether it was theirs, it didn't matter. They scooped it up, 
they took it, sorted it out, and melted it down and started making toys, and they started selling that to us here in the United States. And in sort of a way, they kind of lost their own identity through doing things like this. And there's a reason why anime characters don't always look Japanese. Oh, it's they, because they look very Western. They look very Western because, in a way, they spent a period of time sort of wiping their identity out in sort of a symbolic way, this way. That's the reason why I sort of laugh at, you know, some people whenever they start screaming, you know, whitewashing, whitewashing, you know, with the, <laughs> with this is like they whitewash themselves. What can, what can you do? But, uh, yeah. But if somebody then shows them videos of Americans sort of thinking that it's cool to be Japanese, I think I could understand why they would think that was it was amusing. not so as offensive and maybe somewhat amusing, yeah. but at the same time say, "Oh, they're actually they actually think that our culture's worth yeah, something." Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was kind of their their reaction, which was interesting. But then again, I, I've I've heard that. That they're not typically offensive until people have like one-on-one encounters with them, and that's when they—that's when they can't speak Japanese, <laughs> and they end up you know, just making completely fools out of themselves, or they're really arrogant, and they—they they do all these cultural no-nos, which are very offensive, and they—they they end up really offending people. But, and of course, I imagine that those situations are far rarer because then they would actually have to go to Japan. <laughs> but, 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 but I can't actually help. have to get into Japan. You mean? Yeah, yeah, you have to get in. <laughs> and um, but yeah, what, what I was thinking was is that, and this is me personally, that I would be far more offended if I was Japanese American, either, oh, yeah. uh, you know, maybe half uh, ethnically Japanese or perhaps. Um, you're completely ethnically Japanese, but you're you're a first generation or second generation American, and and then come in contact with these people over here, and my theory and my reasoning behind that is is that you know, once you have been born here, and you are another ethnic, I can't talk today, man, and and you are um, ethnic, you're you're not the the dominant white, uh, so to speak, uh, you, you do kind of, ha- I would imagine that you would have this kind of, um, somewhat of an identity crisis because in many ways, culturally you're American, but then you have this ethnic heritage and you also do have this, this other ethnic culture that, that you're dealing with. You, you kind of live in both worlds and the dominant and then in this, uh, subculture in which you were born to. And uh, and I, it's very good that we played the, the clip about Trump and, and white power because I'm going to talk about white power and how that relates to to weeaboos and why they think that um, uh, yeah this cultural uh, appropriation is, is acceptable. But you, you know, to me that that would be far more offensive. And I, I kind of think about my own um, family history. So. Uh, Last episode, if you listen from the beginning, I introduced myself in Russian. So I am a a, a third generation uh, Slavic American. That's how I would no. identify myself. Technically, I can identify myself as that. 
but but you see the thing is that that's only ethnic uh, any kind of cultural trappings were essentially lost after the first well yeah I mean they, they were even lost really with the first generation uh, to be born here because uh, both of my father's parents died when they were young and they didn't really care anything about their children anyways or at least my great-grandfather didn't my great-grandmother really loved her children but she died when they were young and and so it's something that I've always known something I've always heard stories about and there were different cultural things that they knew about my my um grandfather and his brothers and sisters but it was nothing that was continued on in the family and so it was, it was available for me to take russian classes to, to meet people online i've met um online uh, different members of my family in russia and um so it's it's been a rediscovery but but i go at all of that realizing that while i and technically like a fourth uh, Slavic, you know, like a fourth Slavic, I guess you could say. If you were uh, over there right this second, you would be, you would understand yourself as a fish out of water. Oh, totally. Regardless yeah, of everything. Yeah. Totally, as, yes. As opposed you know. to these weeaboos who are convinced that Yeah, that, apparently. that, that, they're, that they're Japanese. So uh, my point would be in that how that, I can come to understand why someone who is, say, Japanese American would be very offended. Was is that I I could ha I have uh, some good reason to to explore Slavic culture, to explore Belarusian culture, uh, Russian culture, and to learn the language and to and to try the foods and try to understand uh, what it, what it means not only to be uh, let's say Belarusian. But but more so, what what it means to to be someone who is of Belarusian descent in America who doesn't know what that means. So so for me, it is like a search of meaning. It's like what is what does my history mean? Uh, you know, like what is what does it mean that I'm here now and this is my history? And so uh, yeah, I have I have I guess you could say a good reason to kind of explore these things and experience them, and it's very enjoyable. At the same time, like you said, if, if I went over there, I'd be I'd be a fish out, be a total fish out of water. I I wouldn't know um, what to do, how to act. Uh, the, the language skills just aren't there. More <laughs> well, more importantly, um, you know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally aware of of how that culturally, I'm just yeah, from, I'm a white American. From from I'm doing this little bit man. of googling here, I'm seeing that these people. Really do think that they're yeah. just right on top of it. Yeah, yeah, they, they think they're Japanese. So, so, so how does that come back around to, um, you know, a search for meaning? Search for meaning. So, yeah, I was thinking about this Monday, and my thoughts were so much more articulate than than what I've been today. But And, and it's very, um, not ironic, but it's very interesting that the vast majority of these weeaboos are white American males. Now they do exist in other uh, European, like they you know they exist in Europe, they exist in Australia, New Zealand, etc. But um, I, I'm going to say they're predominantly white American males, and so 
I, I mean, I haven't done you know enough research just from last week to, to to really make any kind of like this is why that these people think they can do that. But I, if I can speculate, I think it's because that uh, it's 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 a lot easier to just find identity in the things you enjoy. Um, let's say like anime. So you know, the, the people do there. There is this anime culture. There's the otaku, the American otaku culture, where people uh, they have anime clubs and they they go to conventions and they watch anime and they collect figurines and they have a good time and it's fun. Uh, it's much easier to identify with that than to actually find some real meaning for your life. And so, uh, religion is really where we go to find meaning. Historically, culturally, um, uh, religion's been good at that because it's usually something fairly concrete, and it and everybody's into it. So everybody latches onto that as their identity. I'm Christian. I live yeah. in this nation. Yeah. It and of course I, I want to bring Paul Tillich back into this as well. This episode, and I'm not going to be talking about what he writes in The Courage to Be. This I'm going to be talking about what he writes about in a book called The Dynamics of Faith. And so in The Dynamics of Faith, Tillich uh, defines faith as being grasped by an ultimate concern. Uh, God is what cons- concerns us ultimately. Uh, consequently, whatever concerns us ultimately is our God. Whether that God or whatever our ultimate concern is worthy of that concern or is actually ultimate is irrelevant because it's something that's that's evidently true. So we were talking earlier about the, the state, and so Till talks about how that for some people the state is their God. That's what concerns them ultimately. That's what gives them meaning, et cetera, et cetera. But the state isn't ultimate, and it's not worthy of, a, of ultimate concern. So it's it's a false faith. It's it's a faith that will ultimately disappoint. And, and so Tillich says um, that the faith and Christian faith in particular contains the symbols that we interact with that gives us meaning. Now, you can take this two one of two ways: the liberal route that says, "Well, okay, everything's just symbolic." Tillich would actually hate to hear that. He hated the phrase, "Well, it's only a symbol," uh, because for Tillich. Uh, nothing is only symbolic. You know, a symbol is not less than a literal. It's, it's beyond uh, literal meaning. You know, so he, you can say it's just a symbol, but you can't say it's only a symbol because uh, a symbol just it's greater than than any kind of literal meaning. It, it encompasses it. It's not less than. And and so. Uh, when we interact with the traditional Christian symbols, this is where we go to find meaning. It's where we go to interpret the world and our life, and and it tells us how to live, and, and it, it tells us kind of the why of everything. You know, why is why is anything the way it is? Religion tells us. So consequently, uh, if one is not religious, which it's not uncommon for most people. And the otaku community, I found to be uh, to be atheists. I don't want to make like a like a general statement there because there are, I'm sure, many people who are otaku that 
that are religious. Um, that's why we have this podcast. But I, I think when people fail to, to find meaning in religion or or to find meaning in something that, that actually will give you meaning, they have to look somewhere else. And so the otaku culture is something very convenient for them because it's something they enjoy. It's something that they're involved with, but they just take it too far. And it does become like their religion. It dictates how they speak. It dictates um, what they watch, how they dress. It dictates what their interests are. Um, it dictates what they eat. Um, and it, it is that which concerns them, them ultimately. It give, well, it does. It gives them something to do. Isn't it? Isn't it middle class ennui? Oh, pardon. Isn't it middle class ennui? I, I still didn't understand you. Okay, ennui. You know, a boredom. It's a. Oh, it's, okay. You know, it's a. It's a kind of. It's a French word. It means more than boredom. You know, the 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 middle class. Um, unlike a lower class of people that are working, you know, their butts off every day in order to keep the rent paid and keep all of their bills paid and try to figure out how they're going to you know get clothes for their kids because school's coming up and there's not enough food and and they're getting ready to evict us and yada 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 the middle class the way they're the way it works for them is they've they've got an abundance of stuff they've got two cars they've got the two kids the boy and the girl and you know dad and mom have their things that they do and maybe they've got a babysitter that takes care of kids at certain point and and, you know, there's just since that meaning has been drained out, the symbolism of all sorts of stuff have been drained out of of life in general. These kids grow up and they don't have anything. And it could and the middle class ennui is dangerous because it could turn into anything. This is the exact same reason why someone becomes someone who's you know white becomes radicalized, decides that they want to go overseas to join ISIS. Yeah. You know, it gives my life meaning. You know, so yeah. the weeaboos do. The, sounds like they do the same thing. It's I, just, I, it's just not. I mean, but they do it to an extreme because you know everything else in my life is you know wash. So I might as well run yeah. with this. Uh, I, I think you pretty much hit hit the nail on the head because, you know, I, I think it's very interesting how, how to. I'm going to bring this into like a racial, political dimension here that, that. Uh, the, the popular thing among twenty-somethings has been basically to to bash all white people, and there's such an emphasis on white guilt. Um, and some of that's good. You know, you do have to recognize white privilege when it's there. You do have to recognize white guilt when it's there. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that uh, the, the focus in you know in the contemporary setting. Uh, over white guilt is is probably uh, I can't collect my thoughts here. It, it's it's probably less productive than, than it is productive because uh, on two levels, uh, kind of that 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 bad feeling you get about being guilty for being white. Um, once you've kind of gone into that experience and say, oh, you know, we just need to call out white guilt and feel bad about what's happened. Um, you can use that as a way to to actually not be proactive and in, in helping minorities and people who are oppressed uh, just by focusing on, on the guilt of uh, of your privilege or things that happened in the past. 
and and two, it's not productive because it's. I, I think it causes um, that that middle class boredom, like you said. So you have you have all these white guys who are bored and they don't have any meaning because, first of all, all meaning in their life has been caught up in in the kind of middle class white uh, American lifestyle, which is basically. Uh, everything is focused on the present and it's very consumerist, you know? Yeah. And, and it's all it, uh, very kid focused too. parents running around, taking their kids yeah. to this thing, that thing mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings, well, by the way, when they could be taking them to a church where they could find some meaning. Yeah. Instead, well, they're, out, instead they're out practicing soccer at, you know, 8am on Sunday. And, and, and then know. some of that, I, I think just the, the, the busyness is a way to actually escape it is um, to escape meaning, escape having to define meaning, because then we just keep ourselves busy. Well, first and um, foremost, to escape the emptiness, because you got to fill it with something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the the existential lack. It's like, why am I so miserable? Uh, which Christianity doesn't remove your misery; it just helps you realize that it's there and that and that everyone has it. How to deal with it? Um, whereas I, I think. Uh, middle class consumerism and uh, is is about trying to kind of like ease the pain of your own existence, keep busy. And if you can't keep busy, I think you end up like these weeaboos, and you're in this situation where you don't have meaning. And that these are people. Yeah, you know, I think we have to consider too that these are people kind of already on the fringe of society because they they can't find meaning in the dominant society. That's why they're in the otaku culture. And maybe they're just not thrilled with with the idea of being white. Uh, maybe just because it's the dominant here in America, um, or because they don't like the negative connotations that are around being white. Uh, maybe subconsciously, I, I don't know. I'm speculating here, but it's clear that they want something different, and they want to have some kind of meaning in their life, and. And I think this is the great twist of irony. So in trying to escape their, their whiteness or their Americanness by becoming Japanese and being all weeaboo, they're, they're actually just asserting their their whiteness or their Americanness by... Yeah, they're just making it worse. Yeah, because it's they're just like showing white power all over the place because it's just like, well, I think I'm going to be Japanese now and <laughs> learn a little bit of Japanese and be really offensive but hey, I self-identify as Japanese. There you go. I self-identify. And, and and so just deal with it. And I want my own bathroom too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you know that's. Uh, I want one with least... a big tub. You know, a great big tub and a shower off to the corner. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> they can never have because that's that's a custom install. In the it United is. States, it is. It in is. Japan, yeah. you know, there are houses that it's just expected. You're going to have a nice big deep tub with a heater and all of that stuff built right well, into the tub. So, you know, I, I wonder if the if the weeaboos actually install Japanese toilets, like where you have to squat. Well, now they it's there's a lot or, of that all over the Asian. It's not just Japanese. Oh no, but, it's not just Japanese. But they, but they, uh, there are. I'm certain there are places still. In in Japan, that's done that, but uh, I'll tell you, they have high tech toilets. <laughs> they, they do, they do. I there was this one that had you know all of this crazy stuff, a bidet and everything else, and 
and it had a heater in the in the, in the lid and everything else and an arm it was just like you know sitting in the captain's chair on star trek you know these arms come down and well you can buy buttons. those now here i know i know but i was seeing this on there it's like this is this is the standard you know maybe in <laughs> maybe to some degree they have some weeaboo going on for them it's just not called that it's just you know their middle class is bored too it's so bored that it's, oh yeah we'll get our toilet you know just because you know if if you're if you're especially because there is a part of Japanese culture that wants to be American, um, not just like I was talking before, where they actually tried to downplay their ethnicity as a nation itself, but they want to be American everything, and they ridicule this on on regular television all the time. You know, there are people that that's what they do. They walk around speaking English all the time, and 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 trying to act like they're american and they and they they wear american clothes and and sleep on american beds not a futon on, on yeah. what they think is an american bed and all this stuff and and some of them will even uh, see this is what happens when you throw a little more money into it they'll import an american car with the okay. steering wheel on you know the left side instead of the right side and stuff like this oh you got you how did you get that here <laughs> It, it, yeah. It's just strange stuff that goes on, but but, but, but anyway. too, see, I, I think this is part of the problem, though, because like, as an American, I, I would never find that offensive because it's uh, because you know, someone who's Japanese can move here, become a citizen, live totally as they did in Japan, and they are still just as much American as I am, uh, because even though we we have an American culture. Uh, it's not an ethnic culture. It's a national culture, um, and so everything's based around around the nation. And so, whoever is a part of the nation is just as much American as anyone else. And so, I don't know how much how problematic all that is when when you go to look at other countries' desire to be Western. But but I think it's definitely more problematic for Americans to try to uh, appropriate um, things from other cultures in a very distasteful and and um, weeabooish type way. I just invented a new word, weeabooish. Weeabooish. <laughs> but uh, see, I don't even know if I really have a point here because I, I haven't said it, everything that that I wanted to say maybe as eloquently and as articulate as I wanted to, but. Um, well, it's a good follow-on from last week. I, I think so. Yeah, that's kind of how I was thinking about it. And you, and you have these people who I think are definitely looking for meaning. Um, they're already kind of on, on the cultural outs because the otaku culture already isn't uh, mainstream. It's still it's still a niche thing, especially if you're really really involved in it, like these people obviously are. Um, but there's this rejection of, of their own identities as Americans, as, as as white males, or and it's not only it's not only white people. You know, I mean, there are uh, African American weeaboos. I'm sure there are female weeaboos, but it just seems to be more prevalent among white American males. But you have this rejection of their of their Western American identity, of their white identity, and it just seems like a cop out. Uh, in a lot of ways, a, a distraction uh, to keep you from really looking for meaning. You know, it's it's 
it, it's much easier just to to forsake your own identity and say, oh, okay, this is what I am now, instead of actually having to deal with yourself, with your own history, and, and find your own meaning. And, and in some ways, you really are, yeah, yeah. And and then too, I think it is. It becomes like a religion, where it has, I think, at least the features of a religion. So, you know, instead of going to church. Uh, on a Sunday, you get together with your pals at an anime club and you watch anime, and that does something for you. you probably I guess. totally misunderstand what it's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah misunderstand what it's about. And you, know, you 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 pick up the new vernacular. You try to learn Japanese. You eat Japanese food. You uh, maybe sleep on a Japanese bed. You have your 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 waifu pillow because no real Japanese woman would ever or any other woman, any woman. would, would want to be with you so you have your your anime pillow um, uh, and then you have you know, like you go to conventions every so often and that's like your pilgrimage um, where you get to actually wear your sword collection and your <laughs> and do and do the cosplay and which I'm not knocking cosplay because you know, yeah, but uh, this is a different kind of cosplay. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's like, like it's real. It's real. I, it's I, real. I am Naruto. I am Naruto. Konnichiwa. I'm Japanese. I'm Naruto. Konnichiwa. Um, <laughs> Konnichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, but yeah, I, I mean, this whole thing is kind of it's kind of amazing to me that you have these people who actually think that they're Japanese. Uh, that it's just so brazen, you know, it's cause it's just so clearly that no, you're not Japanese, not, not in any conceivable way. It's not like your great grandfather was Japanese or, or, or anything like that. Even, you know, you're just, you're just a white guy, man. It's okay to like anime. You don't have to be Japanese. To like you anime. don't have to be this, so, yeah. <laughs> whatever this is. Yeah. I, I don't even have to watch it in Japanese though. I get, you know, uh, well, that's exactly true. You know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I just thought this whole thing was was really interesting, given uh, given our previous conversation. That well, given that, we that do. part of what we intend to do on this program is is do you know things talking about meaning. You know, what does this mean, or what does that mean, or what I mean, can it mean anything? Um, I think that you know if if you know some things, and I'm not saying that you've got to like go to college and have a degree and. And I mean, the internet's a nice bastion of of wisdom if you can if if you know what it is that you're looking for. Um, I don't know. I can't explain to you how to do that, but everybody can, I think, spend some time figuring out how to find some meaning, <laughs> or at least find out what it means. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> Just start there. Find out what it means. You know, not what the meaning is, but then but then again, if you're somebody that's like that. You know, how do you even know how, I mean, if you're stuck in the amber, how do you know how to get out of it? Yeah. You know, well, the fly I mean, the doesn't first... know how to get out of the amber, you know, flapping its wings, going to say maybe even enjoys being stuck in the amber. Who knows? Well, I mean, I would say the first step is getting a job and moving out of your mom's basement because that's, you're like 40. That's, 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 that might be a step. <laughs> I, and I don't know. Maybe watch like some American TV. It's like, we have some good shows. It's like that joke, the one that where you've got the the um, the um, um, the kid who's obviously like you, know, 30 or 40 or something like that, and he's saying. If Trump wins, then I'm leaving the U.S. 
And then his mom says, then I'm voting for Trump because that'll get him out of my basement. (laughs) 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 You can go to Mexico. We don't want you here. You're too fat to ever climb over the wall. I'm not worried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. too, it's like, you know, we have some great American animes, man. We got King of the Hill, Corey in the house, Seinfeld, great American <laughs> anime. And you know, that, that stuff's cool too. You know, that you can watch the Japanese stuff, appreciate it, respect it. You can even learn no, Japanese no, no. Here, and, it, and, and no, enjoy Japanese. It food. was sort of a joke when you said, when you said Seinfeld, but if you want something that's pretty close to a Japanese anime, Scrubs. Scrubs. Have you ever watched Scrubs? No, I haven't. You actually. should. You you would suddenly be in a whole new world of of just joy. It's just, it is a, <laughs> it is a it is a great show <laughs> for American shows. You know, I'm like I am at my I, I became like hooked on that thing, and I'm like my third time through on Netflix. So if me, if people, someone that can like easily get bored with American stuff, if I'm all, if I'm my third way through. On you know, I'm working my way. It helps that the show has an actual ending, mm-hmm. a comedy show with an ending. Imagine that. Um, but it's great. So, yeah, but it'll yeah, cure you of your weeaboo. <laughs> I do. I do have. I, I think a little. A little con- conclusion here. Uh, it's finally come to me that 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 if you are a weeaboo, which I don't think any of the Angel or Pear Juice listeners are weeaboos, but if you know a weeaboo and you want to give this to them. You know, it's awesome that you like Japanese culture, that you like the Japanese language or the people. It's great. Uh, but you need to, like, look in the mirror and realize that you're a white guy with no Japanese citizenship, and that's okay. And if you really want to be there and support your Japanese friends, uh, then just be a good friend. Uh, stand in solidarity with them. Uh, you know, if that means... Uh, you know, realizing that because I'm, I'm going to put in a political plug here and a book plug to that, if that means that uh, recognizing your whiteness and realizing that you have more privilege than they do in some aspects, and you know, stand in solidarity with them in that aspect, uh, bring you know, just bring attention to their culture and and to the people and, and their stories uh, as Americans, even you know, if you have Japanese American friends, uh, that's great. Uh, just realize that, that you're a white guy and you're not them and that's okay. You can still appreciate them, value their culture, uh, the things they make like anime and still be who you are and just being a white dude who's American. That's that's great too, you know. Um, I'm going to put in a, a book plug here for uh, a book I reviewed on my blog actually. It's uh, theologyandperspective.wordpress.com. Uh, written by uh, a, a Korean American Presbyterian theologian named Grace G. Sun Kim. It's called uh, Embracing the Other, the Transformative Spirit of Love. It's basically just about the, uh, the stories and struggles of Asian American uh, women predominantly here in America and the, some of the racism they deal with um, uh, both and the sexism, really, that too, the racism and the sexism. And it's, it's just a good book to read. Um, it gives you a new perspective on, on 
some of the struggles people yeah. coming here who aren't white have, you know, or their children, you know, and from a theological perspective. So it's it's a good read. All right then. Give it give it to give it to your favorite weeaboo and tell him to like wake up and <laughs> like you know, you know, quit being a jerk and you know, like marginalizing people and whatnot. <laughs> Unintentionally. Yeah, that's, or that's, intentionally, or I don't intentionally, know. who knows? You, you know, Maybe what, it's what a movement this? like that, you know. Yeah, what, actually, what, and I'll I'll close with this because I know you want to get on to to your segment, but um, one of the stories I heard on the line was this guy who was a weeaboo went to Japan and he had like a like a house family, and he had taken the this family's rice cooker and he had filled it with something. It was like a condiment item, and that's what he was going to eat. It was just, it was bad, and um, but but he didn't tell anyone. Like he didn't ask for permission. He just kind of came in and did uh, like an American would do. Did just like an the American fridge and go go to town. Yep, yeah, like you know, and of course, you know, like in Jap- you know, Japanese portrayals of Americans, that's very much kind of how they portray us. Like these very brazen. Uh, unapologetic kind of rude people and, and and of course like the the house mother was very upset and so she started speaking to him in english and he was like calling her a racist he's like like how dare you talk to me in english you're being a racist and she was just trying to tell him how upset she was about him using the rice cooker without asking and um and, and, and so, you know, I'll be Japanese, kinda, but I'm going to be Japanese on my terms. Yeah, on my terms. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't make me don't make me be Japanese. Like really, I just I'm just here for the animes and the mangoes and the and, mangoes. Uh, the, seg, and the seg my friend. And <laughs> so, uh, moral of the story is just don't be a weeaboo. Don't be a weeaboo. Don't, don't be a weeaboo. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Find real meaning don't. in your life. Yeah, I really mean like, like, like read a book, like or something, Bible or some philosophy or something. And, something, something. You know, yeah. Okay. Don't, don't be a weeaboo. Okay. Now I'm going to be a weeaboo. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> now I'm going to do gr- gr- because people like really g- girls and puns are, Isn't that one of those? Do we, like, do we want to take a quick break though? Oh, why? We didn't last week. <laughs> okay. Okay. We won't. We'll figure no out what breaks. we're going to do for breaks later. We're we're not okay. even certain how if like this is. We're going to be doing another one next week, so who knows? But actually, we won't be. So okay, well there you go. Yeah, this works out then. So girls and punzer. Now, why on earth? It's it's it on on its face, people would say, okay, so this is just all about fan service. Well, not quite. I mean, this this came out in 2011. Uh, the studio Actus, and it was it was directed by uh, people that actually have, um, and I can understand why people would think that. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fan service in it because uh, Mishishima and Reiko Yoshida, is, uh, they're known for Strike Witches, which is loaded with fan service. Uh, so it, you would expect people to say, oh, but actually it's, not, it doesn't, it's nothing like that. It's about this young girl. Her name's Miho Nishizumi, and she's transferred into this school from her old military academy. And she was a member, she is a member of the famous Nishizumi family whose dojo has this long history of competing in what's called, I love this, this, this is really pretentious, Senshiro, which they translate into English as tankery, which is, it shouldn't be that way. Senshiro would mean the way of the tank. 
you know, think. But, but, but tankery is so much fun to say. I know it's fun, but you know, it's, but it's not quite the same because think Taekwondo or Jeet Kune Do, you know, the way of the tank, you know, yeah. the way of the hand, the way of the sweeping leg and stuff like that. Uh, so she's she, she transfers out of this old school because the military academy that she was she was a tank commander in there and she did something that got her the label literally labeled heretic. That's how her mom refers to her, the heretic, because her philosophy of life in Sinchido is incompatible with the rest of the families. And the other thing is, is that the the ORI um, Academy doesn't have Sinchido. She's burned out on all this, so she goes there for that. And I'll start right now by saying the, the, one of the reasons why I liked that from the get-go was because when I was that age, I really burned out on a bunch of stuff that I really liked because the adults made it miserable. You know, you're going to do it this way. You're going to do it that way. Well, I want to do it this way because it actually comes out better when I do it my way. Okay, fine. I quit. I'm just not going to do it. So that's, that's, what she, that's what Miho does. She quits. She's just, I'm leaving, go to this other school. But whenever she gets to this other school, they decide to reinstate Sanchido and they put pressure on her to, you know, join the, the club because... She's the only one with any tank experience, and they even threatened to expel her, which is where the, the you've heard me talk about this on the program before. This that sets up the sense of utilitarianism that pervades that whole world in that in that show. You know, Miho's family is a representation of a utilitarian nightmare, where the greatest good is served by individuals sacrificing for the well-being, or negatively to prevent suffering of the collective. And for Japan, that's been a problem for many generations now. I mean, it was one of the things that dr- helped drive um, their their sort of mindset going into World War II. You know, just th- think a lot about uh, the kamikaze pilots. You know, they're, they are programmed that, you know, my sacrifices for the greatest good to prevent the suffering of my people and to bring us to victory and so forth and so on serves the greatest good of the nation. And the reason it's still a problem for people in Japan now is because you're also sp- supposed to serve the greater good of your company that you work for or the team that you play for, the university where you teach philosophy, utilitarianism, and stuff like that to people so that they keep carrying it on year after year. Of course, that's, you know, of course that kind of ties into what we talked about last week with uh – Collectivism and neo-collectivism yeah. is finding your your meaning as as a part of the group, yeah. not not as an individual. So yeah, it's just, this is this is, it's out there. It's a form of consequentialism. You know, have you ever heard of that one? I, I have heard of it, but go ahead and explain produce it the, for, for the, the best, listeners. For the listeners, yeah, produce the best consequences for the most people. Okay, if yeah. anybody if anybody sort of falls out of the off the edges. Well, those people were the ones who sacrificed for the greater good, it, right? It's like, it's like yeah, the great Spock said, the needs of the many outweigh the outweigh needs of the few. Well, that's a form of that, you know. It's it's not that we're it's not that, you know, the listeners or even you are not, you know, unfamiliar with it. It's just that you know, it, most of the it, time Spock said it, I believe <laughs> that settles that it. That settles <laughs> <laughs> Spock said it, I believe it, that settles it. <laughs> Now, in its most <laughs> negative forms, though, for utilitarianism, it's it's it can be about alleviating suffering, and it often falls on a small number of people to sacrifice for the good of everyone, so that we get rid of all the suffering. See, a peculiar aspect of that 
is that most of the time those sacrificing have no real choice but to make the sacrifices. You do what we tell you to do. Imagine a soldier first forced to fight at gunpoint, which basically, you know, once you're in the combat, you are. I mean, you, if you're deserting, what, what's supposed to happen to a deserter? Most of the time in history, what happens to him? Oh, well, prison, death. Yeah, well, a lot of times they, sh- yeah, they shoot him right there. It's like, if you're not going to help us, we're going to shoot him, take your gun, we're going to move on. Now, here was what Miho's heresy was. When she was doing Senchido back at her thing for the family, for the Nishizima family, you know, it was a competition. It was one of the big competitions, and one of the tanks in her division slid off of an embankment into a river, and it trapped all the operators when it was sinking. And so Miho stops her tank, which was the flag tank, by the way, because it's capture the flag is the way they play. Um, She stops, she gets out, dives into the water to rescue him, which, by the way causes them to lose the match and it was the first match that they'd lost in over nine years now if if i could say that there was something that's a genius that's ingenious about this show it's the fact that it takes the the tank combat out of its natural context of being you know in a war on the battlefield and instead it turns it into a world where there's tank competitions you know like it's a martial art in fact they that's the reason that they call it senshiro it's the way of the tank by the way you know you, you, you girls out there, if you take this, it'll turn you into, into uh, well-formed women. You know? <laughs> There's a whole other aspect of that that you can talk, talk about, about feminism and sort of poking their finger at them and saying, you see, that's kind of silly, isn't it? <laughs> but since military organizations are inherently utilitarian, I mean, think about, think about how you know, armies really are. If you do this, the writer gets to juxtapose that worldview against Miho's worldview, which, by the way, competition and teamwork is accomplished not through enforcing sacrifice, but by compassion and empathy, so that the show winds up being a clash of these worldviews. Now, the irony of this, of course, is that Miho's Miho's initial heresy of risking her life for others, it's invalid. It's invalid in that because it's, it's not, first of all, it's not recognized as sort of being a willing sacrifice, you know, because it's a forceful sacrifice. Those people that were in that tank down there that was sinking, they knew what they were getting into. They know what their role is. And if their role right now is to sink and die, then for the greater good, that that didn't. Nope, that's not how she thinks at all. Me who hates that. You know, think of this, for instance, since we do, we haven't actually done this in a while. Um, Jesus is never shown as forced to die on the cross. You know, even though the world takes him by force, you know, he willingly goes. It's unforced. It's, it's motivated by his compassion and that alone. Miho's thing is she sacrifices for her friends in all sorts of different ways. Some of it's not very dramatic. Some of it is to end this drama. I'm going to do something that's, you know, it's very minor, but it gets everybody off the hook. You know, she, she does this all the time. Um, she... You know, but she's not compelled to do it because of what her family taught her, because she just thinks that it's the right way to live. At one point, as a matter of fact, at one point in one of the competitions, you know, and whenever she's, you know, the commander at her new school, um, they're driving the tanks across the shallows of this river, and one of the tank stalls. And rather than, you know, she's by all rights, Miho should leave them behind, you know, let them take care of it. But nope, she's not going to do that. She gets a rope. She gets out herself. She's the commander, right? She gets out herself. 
jumps from tank to tank, ties them together, and says, now we're going to tow them out. They could lose. They could wind up losing, but her way of thinking is, is nope. We, first of all, you could say it this way, we need them, but who wants to leave anybody behind? Who, who wants to, to do something like that just for this, you know? So, so these two worldviews are, are in clash in this. As, as silly as the premise is, you know, there's, there's a clash in that. And the, and the final battle is even this last man standing battle between Miho and her sister, Maho. And they fight it out as though, you know, let's see who wins here. Let's see which one of these is the one that really wins. And it's, 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 it winds up being compelling. I think that's part of the reason why people got caught up in this because I, I not just because Miho was, you know, sort of sick of this and she left and she ran away from it all, tries to make a new start someplace else, you know, even leaves behind stuff that she would really care about just to try to get out of it. It was the image of the teddy bear that she has that has bandages on it. It's got a bandage around its head and its arms in a sling and all this stuff through the whole show. I wanted to know what that's about. Why, by the time you get to the end of the show, they haven't told you expositionally, but you kind of know why. That's interesting. You know, I was talking to some people about it, and they were like, well, yeah, we, we kind of, we can't really explain it in words, but we all kind of know why she had this teddy bear that she dressed up like it's all bandaged up. <laughs> Little stuff like that made you and the fact that the schools are on aircraft carriers that was also <laughs> you saw, they set that all up so quickly in the very first episode and that, that last scene is like they're standing there outside the school they've they've located some of the tanks they're starting to clean them up and stuff and then the camera zooms out and it's like oh this whole time all of this has been happening on an aircraft carrier <laughs> and they even explain why they did that. They they said that you know it, what it was was that the old school system wasn't working, so they decided to sequester everybody on you know on these on these ships and send them out to sea. <laughs> and and just out. giving me a great new idea. Listen, enough of this wild garbage. I'm going to get Mexico and all the Mexicans and put them on a giant aircraft carrier. <laughs> get them out of here. <laughs> See, well, they can live this, on them. This, you know? this is dangerous. Angel repair juice is dangerous, man. We could be given Trump ideas yeah. <laughs> as we speak. And uh, <laughs> so you got these giant thinks, aircraft carriers. Greater than Jesus, man. Now here's now here's something interesting though. <laughs> Most of the time in in television on in Japan, I've seen live television uh, comedy stuff that they've done. One of these times. This is one of those times where I say, where I will tell you, remember, remember I've said this before, um, I can't recommend that you go and Google, not, not Google, but go to YouTube and search for Tokyo Breakfast. I do not recommend, I oh. can't, but I can't stop you. Yes. Okay. I, can. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've yeah. seen Tokyo Breakfast? Yeah, yeah, I have. Okay. Well, th- there's a, there's a whole bunch of, of things like that where, you know, you see what, the the view is sometimes they're not very enamored with certain segments of the population is not enamored with American anything. But you know, no. one of the teams no. in in Girls and Panzer is from Saunders, they call it and, and it's um that's the name of the school and they're American. 
and they don't they portray them as as being you know sort of like boisterous very headstrong and all this stuff but at the end of the day they portrayed them as very fair-minded people which caught me off guard i thought for sure that the way they would portray them in in their in the way they fight and and the way they 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 run their competition and all that stuff there there is an aspect of them sort of cheating in there and then the 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 captain of that finds out about the cheating and then says nah that's not the way we work and puts a stop to it and then it's it's very interesting I would have expected him to portray them as, yeah, you know, we're just going to mash them right into the ground and, you know, and then they win, you know, but no, no, they didn't do that at all. I mean, too, I mean, I mean, that kind of shows, I think, a level of maturity on the Japanese part, on, on the Japanese's part, Japanese, how, how, whatever the, the right There's not form one. is there. There's um, not one. <laughs> but, but, but we understand what you mean. Yeah, you understand. Yeah, um, you have to think what what we did to the Japanese in World War Two. I mean, yes, they bombed Pearl Harbor, uh, but you know, we dropped two atomic bombs. Yeah, not not on you know military bases. I mean, we destroyed two whole cities. Yeah, I, I mean, we did way more damage with firebombing than we did with those. Well, uh, yeah, that may be true. That is true. The firebombing was way worse. But I, um, I, I mean that our response, I think, was so um, disproportionate. And, of course, that, that stopped the war. But the question is, you know, is it, is it just? So you, I think you see all these portrayals uh, of Americans. It, it's, a, it's a post-war portrayal, basically. So that's why you have films like Godzilla, you know, where, where Godzilla is the, you know, the, the, the creature born from the – from the uh, yeah, from the ashes of the contamination. Nuclear. Well, yeah, political yeah. contamination, but more literally, uh, it's born out of the fact that they dropped bombs on them. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, the uh, well, no, that you were right about the the whole. There is a subtext of oh, political. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's uncommon to see Americans kind of portrayed that way. Um, it's kind of like the way we always portray Russians over here. You know, the, they're the, the scheming, uh, distrustworthy. They're always the bad guys, dishonest. And we've been doing that since the Cold War, and that's kind of a, a carryover. But, you know, there's always like a, either a, you know, a historical political memory there or a, like a propaganda motive. But, uh, yeah, I think it's understandable on their part. Given the given the history, <laughs> well, no, maybe you misunderstood me. They they portrayed him in a positive light. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, typically though. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of my point. They've yeah, they've okay. kind of they've kind of broken out of that that mold, which which I always like it when uh, the Americans are portrayed negatively in anime because it's kind of humorous. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they have a, they have um, like I've I've got a number. Of shows that I, that I could go over over time, but uh, there's uh, the portrayals that I've seen of um, of uh, Japanese people. There's there's one show. Um, it wouldn't bother me if if uh, people watch it. Squid Girl, um, Ikamusume, and they have a, an episode in there where um, where everybody can speak English except for Squid Girl, you know, or no, not Squid Girl, but her friend. I can't remember her name now. 
Um, even Squid Girl can speak English. You know, she says, "Oh, it's not that hard to learn," and it's because they have uh, this this uh, this uh, character in there who has dual citizenship. She speaks English just as well as she does Japanese, and 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 this is on a Japanese track. But they just can, but they still wind up making fun of Americans <laughs> because they they portray Americans as being like terrified of of and sort of forward which is something that they hate you know being forward um it's built into the language in in japan you always start everything out with some form of excuse me and some of them some of the forms are really like um it i mean it's it's intended to be humble but you know how that would actually be um yeah but some of them are more humble than others and Americans are just walking them going, hey, how do I get to yeah. whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like didn't even introduce himself, didn't say excuse me in English or Japanese, um, you know. But then, of course, they get him back at the end whenever he whenever he misunderstands um, some Japanese because it sounds, I kid you, which is sounds, which is supposed <laughs> to be, I'll show you how to get there. But it sounds like I'll kill you. <laughs> and, and this guy goes, oh, 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 oh. and he, he goes, no, 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 I'll, I'll find my own way. And he leaves. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, there's all sorts of, of stuff like that that they throw in. In um, Yamano Susume, there's, uh, they're going up Mount Fuji, and there's this American couple going along with them and they're just loud and obnoxious they're just talking the whole time just oh did you and and the and the 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 dialogue is just really stilted did you do that thing like they told you to do and it's like no i can't do that thing it's like, oh you should do that thing <laughs> and it's just and it's just obnoxious the whole way up they're just blah, 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 talking and then and then they get to the to the um um to one of the um, one of the checkpoints where they have they have beds and everything up there, and you know so that you can you you know so you can sleep before you finish the the because what you want to do is you want to get to the top of Mount Fuji at sunrise, so you go up and you sleep and then you get up at like two a.m. and then you make the rest of the way up, and they get there and these two Americans are still down there. Everybody's trying to sleep and they're like, oh, did you, did you see that thing in the guy? Said, oh, no, I saw the thing in the guy. And they're like, finally someone comes around and says in English to them, excuse me, shh, oh, oh, sumimasen. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're all trying to sleep here and you're still like jammering on. Like, and it was, and I thought, man, did, is that really how they see us? And it's like, I guess they do. But to an extent, that's exactly how we are. We don't yeah. have manners like they do, which makes the the weeaboo, you know, concept is just bizarre. I mean, their their concept of manners is, you know, yeah. very very different than, you know, yeah. like for instance, it, rules that you have to remember: public baths, right? Okay, so I guess if it's your if you're at the house. For anybody that understands how the Japanese take baths, you know, the, yeah, they have that big bath, but you wash off before you get in that bath. That's one. The other thing is, is that towel that you see in the shows where it's just sort of on top of their head. 
it belongs on top of your head whenever you're in the bath. You cover your groin with it whenever you're on your way into the into thing. You put it on top of your head. If you don't do that, someone will get on your case for not putting it on top of your head. It's just it's it's they because they have a very different sense of manners. And and for to have a guy scream, Oh, you're being racist, wow, get out of my country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But but don't go bother the Japanese. Just Get, get out of ours, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, get out of everybody's country. Go, all oh, you we- weeabos, go find your own country someplace yeah, if you're gonna be like that. Because like you can't or... step on se- people's sensibilities oh, and then say no, say you're so being offensive. racist. That's bizarre. Yeah, it's so offensive, and you know? it, it, this goes back to the difference between you can appreciate it, you can promote it, bring attention to it, love it. That's awesome. Yeah, that will never change the fact that you're a white American. Now, like, like I told you, like stop being offensive. Just don't be offensive. Don't don't go there. We have now, now, like I told you, there. you should love girls in Punzer because, you know, whenever they fight Pravda, they've they're, you know, Russian team. They're and in the snow, they have to fight. They have to do their tankery in the snow. Of course, the Russians won. I don't even have to watch it to tell you that. No, no, don't don't go there. Now, I'm not going to uh-huh. say that like. I'm not going to say that that it's obvious. Just the best. That just, just like the weeaboos think that Japan is always the best. I'm here to tell you the truth. Putin will crush you because we are the best. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He will come and sit on you. <laughs> it's it's like uh, uh, Ivan Ivan Drago and uh, Rocky Four. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of offensive portrayals, I will break you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no, no propaganda. Of course, Rocky Four is still like my favorite Rocky. But it's like, yeah, there's no, no propaganda. I know. Like, that's the thing about that movie. It's like, it's it's a propaganda thing, and it's still awesome. Yeah, it's just like, no, you I can't feel get like around there's it. A, there's a hidden political message here, but I, but I can't. Oh, hidden out. political message. Sure. <laughs> It's like Red Dawn. That's like Red Dawn has a hidden political message. <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle. You know, how the Russians always get outwitted by a moose. By a moose, yeah. yeah by a moose. So, so you should. So, I, I would tell you, Henry, that you should. Yes. You should watch Girls and Punzer, if okay. nothing else, so that you can understand that whenever they say it. Whenever they say, when a Japanese person says the title, Girls und Panzer, okay, that's me saying it. It sounds like this in Japanese. Girls and Pantsu. Pantsu is panties. Okay. And they even they even reference that joke in the show. Oh, okay, I see. Pantsu? What? No, Panzer. Because for us, it sounds very German, which which it is. Well, it is German, but it's girls and tanks. Yeah, yeah, girls and tanks, girls and punt. But you know, whenever you say it, it's girls and punzu. It's like Uh, it's like uh, the the uh, thing bare naked ladies. Yeah, yeah. You know the the band. It's like everywhere they go, everyone wants to bare naked ladies. Oh, we got to go there. It's like oh, it's just these guys on stage singing about a million dollars. Yeah. If I had a million million dollars. Oh man! If I, I had a million dollars, the last thing I'd do is try to be a weeaboo. Yep, yep, okay. yep. So that's the show. Yep, that's we, the show. We are five minutes longer than we were last week. Hey, hey we're doing pretty good. 
Still not a record. At that five minutes, listeners, dear listeners, that's going to have to take you through next week uh, because there won't be a podcast next week. So, yeah, well, what uh, you do is you put you put this show on. I should say this at the beginning. It's too late now. Uh, you put this show on, and you put it on slow so that it takes uh, longer to play. There you go, yeah, half speed. So you put it on half speed, speed. and yeah. then you listen to us sing Angel Repair Juice. But the question is, how slow will that part be you just said at half speed since you're already It'll talking at half speed be even slower and slower still and slower <laughs> still yeah. yeah so that's the show yeah. want to do yeah. uh, contact info one more time yeah sure sounds great um if you are a weeaboo you can <laughs> contact our uh i need help now hotline <laughs> The Weeaboo Help Hotline. There you go. Uh, it's like AA for Weeaboos. We call it WW. Uh, doesn't stand for anything. We just like it better than AA. Yeah. So if you're if you're a Weeaboo in need of recovering, or if you know someone who is a Weeaboo in need of recovering, an you can contact us. Need an intervention. Yes, an intervention. Because uh, we do have a Weeaboo Intervention Center. It's like rehab for Weeaboos. Uh, <laughs> no Japanese food. We basically feed you toast and black coffee. And make you watch no, we uh, reruns. Him, we give them Japanese food. No, 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 Ra- no. Japanese. Yes, we do. Ramen noodles. Uh, no, uh, but see, ramen's tasty. You gotta, gotta, you gotta Americanize these people, man. Not if you, not if you leave the, not if you. It's like gruel. If you leave out the flavor. Ah, uh, so just waters and noodles. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I like that. So you get that for lunch, but every other meal is black coffee and toast. <laughs> we just show you reruns of uh, Gilligan's of, Island. Uh, Gilligan's Island. Yeah. It's all you have to watch. Scrubs, <laughs> and um, if you're really good, you know, if we think that your recovery is progressing, we may put on a little American anime like Seinfeld or Corey in the House. Uh, we'll just that depends, but this option is available for you if you want to get better. Um, <laughs> if you if you want recovery, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's called Angel Repair Juice for, for a, reason. a reason. There you go. For a reason. We're here to repair you. Weeaboo repair um, juice. <laughs> Weeaboo repair juice. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's like, okay, so we, See, have, we, like, this ad- we have this advertisement for angel repair juice. Weeaboo repair juice. Like, With a, here you know, it is. It says angel repair juice, and the angel's got a slice, got a uh, strike through. And it says above it, Weeaboo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. See, angel repair juice is what what, what will cure the weebo disease. Oh, okay. Um, like you, you have a friend who, who's a weebo, a weebo, and so in the advertisement they're talking about how annoying their friend was. It's like, you know, every time I was talking to my friend, he'd only talk about how superior Japan is to to America and every other nation on the world in the world, and he would always greet me with like "Konnichiwa," but he would say it really slow and. And so I decided to, to order a bottle of Angel Repair Juice, and it, and it worked. Then, then you had the guy come on. He's like, I used to be a weirdo, but now I'm American. <laughs> and then he like, you a know, white American. Hand, yeah, he puts his hand over his chest. He starts singing the, uh, or saying the uh, declaration, you know, uh, or, or the, the declaration. You know, pledge to the flag. <laughs> Dude, I am so messed up today, man. I am, I am all over the place. I, I. You know, I think I need some angel repair juice, man. I, yeah, I need get some. some. Just, we need to. We need to like find out how you make a bad boy. 
Well, how you make a juice, you know, like I know that it's it can't be hard because everyone in the world's got a juice now. Yeah, you know, they just got to have, I guess, probably work in Photoshop, have like the label, you know, what it's supposed to look like. And then like some company out there has got like a selection of 150 flavors of fuzz fizzy juice, you know, Mm. because be angel repair juice, um, energy drink or something. Uh, Oh, yeah, but it has to be some kind of Japanese flavor, like udon flavors. <laughs> okay, that, the, see, mom is inside. <laughs> that's becoming a little, yeah. That, that's a little weeaboo. That's a little bit. <laughs> that's a little weeaboo there. Just, just a little bit. No, we want it to, <laughs> we want it to taste like something American, American, American. It's got to be American. 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 It tastes like Trump. It tastes like Trump. <laughs> It tastes like Trump. It's it's water that's been bottled from the the drinking fountains at Trump Towers. That's that's what Angel repairs. With his hair tonic in it, whatever it is that makes his hair that color. We went to Trump Towers and we stood there for hours just filling up these little water bottles. Well, they have a fountain at the bottom. There's like this big fountain. Oh, even better. Yeah, you just get it out of there. Yeah, yeah. The the copper from all the pennies people throw in. That's the flavoring. So it makes it good. Is it <laughs> no, nutrition? there's no pennies in it. Oh, there's not. There's no pennies in it. It was they had a thing on, on Trump, TV Trump the other day. Yeah, it was on. It was on Fox News. That what's his name? That um, oh, can't remember his name now. I'd have to look it up. It's he. He does sort of like um, these uh, man on the street reports. Oh, Waters World. That's it. He went to Trump Towers, and there's there's no pennies in the in the in the fountain. Oh, really? Huh. Well, I nobody that's would have a penny. The place is too rich for everybody. True. Well, no, no. So what it is, every day Trump goes out at the end of the day and he like collects the change that's in there and he no, immediately maybe. deposits it. I don't think he has to because because one penthouse in that place is $1.25 million. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need the pennies. So what you're saying is that you'll find like $100 bills in there instead, you know. Well, no, imagine what rich people do. And this is how we'll end this. Uh, imagine yeah. what rich people do. This guy that was parties. part of, not a weeaboo parties, but it, as far as Trump Towers goes, uh, one of these people that was caught up in, in the whole soccer gate thing. I don't know if you heard anything about that. Uh, uh, you know, no. the corruption and everything in world, in, uh, in, uh, world football. Um, one of these guys actually had rented a penthouse in Trump Towers for his cats. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> For his cats. I don't know. This guy's making weird. One look kind of good. I don't know. Point two five million dollars. Wow! To buy a penthouse for his cats. There's no corruption going on in FIFA. None at all. <laughs> no. 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 None at all. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you've been listening to Angel Repair Juice. Uh, did we actually give the contact info just now? Or no, was we, no just... we didn't. Okay, so I'll do it then. AngelRepairJuicePC at gmail.com. AngelRepairJuicePC at gmail.com. One of us is going to check that today uh, so we can feel I, bad. I did, somebody... actually. You did? Okay, did, don't yeah, say no don't one. say another word. AngelRepairJuice.wordpress.com. Angel Repair Juice Facebook group, which is where you can go there and nerd out about anime without... And there are no weebos in sight, so no, we're in good no. shape. If you are, if you are a weebo. We will block you because you'll probably be really offensive and racist. 
That don't fly here at yeah, Angel don't, Repair Juice. don't fly at Angel Repair Juice. Here Angel There's Repair a- Juice, unless we're making fun of Trump, we respect everyone. Yeah. Angel Repair Juice's group, and there's also a page, and there's ARJ Podcast at Twitter, which is where we put you know, pretty much all these programs. If you if you subscribe to that, then you'll be able to get us that way. It's a it's a cheap way to be able to subscribe. Got your phone? Open up Twitter. Look for ARJ Podcast on Twitter, and that's us. So you've been listening to Angel Repair Juice. That guy is Henry Polk. My name is Matthew Pancake, and come back in a couple of weeks. We hope. We hope. Good Lord willing and the cricks don't rise. Come back and listen to us next time. More Angel Repair Juice. <laughs> Ah, 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 ah,